It's Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program. The phones are open here if you want to join the show. You can do that. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio with you tonight, you've got Ian. And Bonnie. And Matt. Of course, you can bring up anything you want. That is the point of the program here. And we're going to talk about some economic-related stuff, economic freedom. The uh, inflation rate hitting a near record high, certainly for the last 40 years. Seven out of ten Americans say they're living paycheck to paycheck now. Uh, Those are things to discuss. But, Matt, you wanted to talk about cryptocurrency being targeted by the Biden administration. It was a couple of weeks ago that there were headlines saying, in three weeks, the Biden administration will release an executive order regarding cryptocurrency. And it wasn't saying anything else about it. And apparently they're still not saying anything else because we're still another week or so away from that. And basically what the article says, uh, quoting Yahoo here, uh, the article says next week he's expected to. So at least they're keeping their timeline on track. Okay. If it was a couple weeks ago, they started talking about doing it in three weeks and two weeks have passed. And now we have one week that would, uh, you know, that would be a few. So, uh, yeah, they're uh, what the idea is that he's going to issue an executive order telling all of the various departments of government to do their own studies on cryptocurrency and then uh, work with the Treasury to uh, urgently study the possibility of a central bank digital currency. Well, they're already studying that. Oh, yeah. There are reports- uh, I have a feeling the studies are completely done. The plans are all in place, and this is just the uh, lead up. And that's why it seems weird that they want to study cryptocurrency and then make a not cryptocurrency digital currency. Well, I don't I think they're banking on most people not understanding that there's a difference between digital currency and which crypto. they would issue and cryptocurrency which is not controlled by anyone. Correct. Uh, they've been doing research at the Federal Reserve for, I don't know, most of the last year or maybe more than that. They came out with a report recently, and apparently they've got some software as well. So they're well along the road. I'm sure. Uh, I don't believe that it has been. I don't I don't know if it's been authorized, if they've said, all right, we're doing this. But they've definitely got, like, they're getting their ducks in a row in order to begin doing something like that if they want to. At this point, I'm wondering if that's the case. I'm wondering uh, how much of that some powerful people already have in their private pockets. Well, I, I mean, I don't know if it has. I don't know how close it is to being released. That's a good question. It but it doesn't have to matter, be released Matt, for because, people to have it ahead of time. No, I see what you're saying, but it doesn't matter because they can increase or decrease the supply, which you know they're only going to increase right. it. But they can increase the supply of it uh, with a flip of a, a switch, a press of a button. I mean, that's that's the that's the benefit to them to having the central bank digital currency mm-hmm. is they can create and they can destroy, and that includes. Uh, to destroy whatever is in the wallet they assign to you. Right. So they can absolutely, they've got total control over this. We can get into that aspect of it, but I do have a story here from Cointelegraph about the Biden administration here. They're going to, ex- again, issue this executive order, and they're saying that what their plan is is to uh, tell the various different agencies to, I guess, do, like you were saying, their own research here. Uh, The director of the Office of Science and Technology Policy 
would provide an evaluation on the infrastructure needed for the U.S. to support a digital dollar. The agency will reportedly plan to issue a report to the president on distributed ledger technology within 180 days, with an update expected in 545 days regarding its environmental impact. Yeah, that's the they keep beating the environmental impact drum of cryptocurrency, saying that mining crypto is bad for the environment. And mm-hmm. I have a feeling they're going to say, oh, no, our digital currency doesn't have any impact on the environment. <laughs> Only mm-hmm. the dirty Bitcoin has you know, yeah. Wow. Guarantee you, you're right about that. Yeah, this, you're That's, killing penguins at a breakneck rate at this point. You know, it's, That's pretty it's, ridiculous. Yeah. The uh, executive order will say, supposedly, obviously it hasn't come out yet, that the final, uh, Financial Stability Oversight Council would study <laughs> financial stability issues resulting from the introduction of cryptocurrencies. The securities, Their financial security stability issues. Correct. The Securities and Exchange Commission, Commodity Futures Trading Commission, Federal Reserve, Federal Deposit Incorpor- Insurance Incorporation, and the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency will consider measures to protect the markets and report on, uh, to the president on methods to mitigate, mitigate risks with respect to crypto. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, Federal Trade Commission, and Office of the Attorney General will study the impact of digital assets on market competition. Mm-hmm. The director and chair of the first two aforementioned agencies will review privacy concerns for the space. Altogether, the executive order, which will be the 81st set that Biden has signed since taking office in January of 2021, will be used to develop a comprehensive regulatory framework for digital assets in the United States. And that is not a good thing. I don't know how they think they're going to do that, though. How do you... How are they going to do that? Threats. And violence. But I don't think they understand how cryptocurrency works if that's what they... They they can't just track every wallet. They'll have a hard time tracking wallets they want to pinpoint. How are they going to track everybody's wallet? Well, they wouldn't be able to, especially on privacy coins like yeah. Monero. Forget about uh, it. There's also They're some others time. out there. And I think this may be the time when, you know, I'm not one to make predictions about what prices of cryptos are going to do. But if indeed the federal government gang is going to come down with a whole bunch of regulations and a whole bunch of controls on the cryptocurrency industry, because you're right, Matt, they can't control crypto per se. Like Bitcoin is bigger than the United States. Bitcoin, even if all the miners in the United States shut down tomorrow, if they were outlawed or something like that, and everybody was afraid and they closed down, you know, shut down their miners, it would still be being mined outside of the United Mm -hmm. States in as many countries in the world as possible. And Bitcoin would be just fine without the. Now, the U.S. is the biggest mining country, I believe, right now after China made it illegal to mine a bunch of the miners left china and went elsewhere and so the u.s does have the bulk of the the hash rate uh as i understand it but so that would be bad right for those businesses that had set up and spent money and invested into mining would destroy their business if they you know if 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 it were outlawed but it will not destroy bitcoin and i think that was kind of what you were getting yeah right um they can trace bitcoin they can do what they call chain analysis on the blockchain which is of course the blockchain is the public ledger it's distributed it's decentralized, uh, and it exists in thousands of locations all around the world, which is one of the reasons why Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies cannot be stopped. The government cannot – I mean, they can outlaw if they want to, which I think they're going to have a tough time in the United States, given that ultimately, if they outlaw cryptocurrency, they're basically saying, we're outlawing free speech. And I think it would be overturned on, on that basis, because yeah. ultimately, all that cryptocurrency is is code. Yep. Somebody, Satoshi Nakamoto, and then a bunch of other people after him or her, 
wrote down some code and made this thing that didn't exist before. And it has become a, a giant threat to the status quo, to the banking system, to the Federal Reserve system, to fiat currencies all around the planet. To powerful people. Correct. If you ever wanted to take the power out of the hands of the powerful and put it back in the hands of the meek, cryptocurrency is your best tool to do that with ever. Absolutely. Have you seen on the internet, especially Twitter, there's been lots of people posting pictures of like ATM saying we can't do any trans or cash withdrawals today and like lots of branches just being closed in California and Oh, this Canada. is in the U.S.? Well, it started in the U.S. I started seeing uh, talks about it in the U.S. Like I saw specifically like Texas and California. And now it's really big in Canada right now where hmm. branches will be randomly closed down. ATMs randomly won't let people withdraw. And people are saying they think it's because they sense that nobody has faith in the banks right now. And they are trying to protect themselves from a run on the bank. Banks. Yes, that's exactly what they're doing. They're hmm. afraid. Well, in Canada, they're actually intentionally talking about performing bank runs hmm. you know the the whole trucker yeah. group up there is uh kind of started really? that yeah well yeah because people are like they obviously can just take our money out of the banks we need to get our money out of the banks yeah. and so yeah so they can regulate what they can regulate they cannot control the cryptocurrency industry they cannot control the cryptocurrencies themselves but they can control businesses with a physical nexus in the united states right and that's because they can send men with guns there and they can force them to obey. Yep. And they don't even really have to because Coinbase would jump to their knees oh, yeah. in a heartbeat to help out the government. Absolutely. So if you have crypto, get it off of Coinbase. Yes. Good advice. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. And by get it off of Coinbase, you mean get it into a wallet that you control. Don't move it to another exchange. Yeah. Don't put it in a different Coinbase. Yeah. Keep it yourself. Uh, so we got more coming up here. We'll talk more about this plot on the part of the federal government. There's more to say about it. Plus the central bank digital currency that they're cooking up ostensibly. It's all on the way on Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here and bring up whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by Bitcoin.com. We're talking a little bit about cryptocurrency here with the Biden uh, gang getting ready to issue some sort of an executive order to mandate various different uh, administrative bodies do research on cryptocurrency and cook up some sort of plot to regulate them or regulate the business because again you can't you can't control crypto crypto is this sort of free market where it's open source everything's open source all the code is open so anybody that wants to can copy you know the code of bitcoin tweak the code and release their own cryptocurrency which has been done and it's decentralized so it's not like one server that needs to be taken down correct yeah all over the world they can't stop it well that said they're also looking into setting up an international framework of laws and rules with other allied nations oh i bet blah 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 it's awful yeah i bet they are um but first they're going to cook up their own domestic framework quote unquote and that's what they're talking about doing here plus apparently i don't know if you saw the news just today and it's mentioned here in this story from cointelegraph the so-called justice department the same people that raided our house 11 months ago uh in the crypto six case over cryptocurrency related false you know victimless crimes 
They are now creating their own agency or interagency or whatever that is going to uh, track and seize digital assets connected to you know cryptocurrencies. So they are like a special division they're forming in the FBI or the Justice Department specifically to go after people's cryptocurrency. So. Yeah. Again, good luck to them. Not really, but that's going to be a pretty high hill to climb for them. Well, I mean, if people aren't careful with their keys... Yeah, then sure. it's actually pretty easy for them to take their stuff. I mean, yeah. they just they just did the biggest bust ever. Uh, what was it last week? There it was, was like a, four billion dollars yeah, worth of crypto. Four and a half billion dollars worth of cryptocurrency. The largest financial that, seizure. That couple in New York uh-huh. City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I yeah. Saw that that was the that was the FBI. Or yeah, whatever. and how did they get their keys? Uh, apparently they put them allegedly right We're, we can only go with what the fbi report said apparently the ma- mail of the couple had stored the keys in some sort of an encrypted file on a public on the cloud uh, yeah on, on the cloud are you kidding yeah. me that's what the claim was and now, that's how they- why a lot of people think that it's some kind of fake fakery in some way because False flag what mm-hmm. high level hacker who hacked, um, what was it, Bitmart or... Bitfinex. Bitfinex. Five years ago. Leaves their keys on the cloud. Yeah, well, they said it was in an encrypted file. So now that, again, begs the question of, well, how do they get access to the encrypted file? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, did they guess his password? Uh, you know, that's not really clear. They apparently got into his files before they arrested him. So he wasn't under duress and gave him his password. They had busted, you know, gotten his Bitcoin prior to actually arresting the guy. So at least that's according to their indictment. And again, we don't know what his side of the story is. So maybe more will be revealed. Apparently they are letting his girlfriend out on bail, uh, but they're keeping him in. That's okay. sort of the same sort of reason why they kept me in a jail cell right. because, well, he's just, he might Flight run. Risk. Yeah, that kind of thing. So we'll keep an eye on that story. And uh, we got more to talk about the Central bank digital currency, that's one of the things that's been on the table for the federal government in the last year. They've been talking a lot about it, and they recently re- uh, released a report. I've got some more information about that. But first, let's go to Dave Ridley. He's on the line calling us from New Hampshire. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, hey, from Colorado, actually. Oh, sorry, Colorado. I'm, I'm visiting Colorado. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm from New Hampshire, but visiting Colorado. Right. Okay, so you guys, have you guys talked much about the um, uh, the DEA and their fight with uh, the New Hampshire state government? Uh, no, what's going on? Uh, so this was uh, actually one of your people over at Free Keen reported this. Uh, is this great new writer on Free Keen that you guys have. I forget her name, but she's wonderful. Uh, Kate and, Parker, maybe? Yeah. Yes, she's been following, you know, just hard news and stuff like that. And, you know, um, from a liberty perspective. And so the, uh, the, the state has been trying to stop the DEA from having access to the New Hampshire opioid database. And uh, the I guess an appeals court has just ruled against the state, and now they're saying the DEA can can look at the at, look at that database. And what well, is this database? I'm a little vague on that. It probably has to do with when you you know go to the pharmacy and get a prescription for an opioid or so what you know or, or whatnot. Um, hmm. And uh, so that it's just it's just yet another you know. The case where the central government is running roughshod over the state and yet another grievance uh, pointing towards New Hampshire independence. Definitely. I mean, if it's not voluntary, I wish there wasn't an opioid database. It's 
horrible that they have a database of people's information, whichever way they get it, if it's people who like go in for treatment because they're addicted to opioids or just people who got prescriptions. It just sounds awful that that exists and the fact that it exists and now the DEA is telling the state they have to give it to them. That's just horrible. Yeah, another reason for the state never to have it in the first place. Mm-hmm. There's a couple mm-hmm. of interesting uh, side notes from her article. I guess the ACLU got involved in this fight on the pro-liberty side. Okay. Uh, and um, well, there was something else. Uh, well, anyway, I'll let you talk. Well, I got the story here at freekeen.com. It's a little ways down the page. Uh, Michelle Jonas, the manager of the Prescription Drug Monitoring Program in New Hampshire, refused in 2018 the DEA's request to fork over two and a half years worth of prescription data of a quote-unquote person of interest. After being subpoenaed, Mm. she argued the records belong to the state, not an individual person. And then since 2019, when the notice of appeals was docketed, she and New Hampshire State received an outpouring of support from the ACLU in various different states. Uh, In other words, all the districts represented by the First Circuit Court Over the past two grueling years of appeal, the ACLU supported Jonas and questioned whether issuing a subpoena to a state employees within the bounds of the district court. They argued that medical records, for all intents and purposes, are considered private information. While the DEA has the ability to subpoena an individual, the ACLU asked that if that gave them the right to subpoena a representative or employee of the state. They also argued the Fourth Amendment requires law enforcement to obtain a warrant based on probable cause only to secure records over which there is a reasonable expectation of privacy. And the ACLU argues that medical records warrant an expectation of privacy. But you're saying that the uh, appeals court overturned the decision in favor? Yeah, so much for all that HIPAA crap, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool that that lady didn't want to give it over, but it sounds like it was all over the DEA wanting to get one person of interest information, right? It yes. always starts with one, yeah. and suddenly everyone's in the gulag. That's really, really bad, because in 2014, the DEA and I'm sure other thugs um, busted into a house in Manchester because they were investigating an opioid dealer, supposedly, and they went into their mom's house, the person of interest's mom's house. Nobody was there but the mom. She's an old lady. Mm-hmm. They shot her and didn't, she didn't die, but they like maimed her. Well, you know what? Sometimes you've got to break a few eggs if you want to save people from getting drug addicted, right? You've right. got to shoot some old That's ladies. Right. Thank you for the call tonight, Dave. Uh, appreciate hearing from you. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. All this insanity over stopping people from doing what they want with their own bodies. This is Free Talk Live. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open if you want to join the show. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. 
It's Ian, Bonnie, and Matt in the studio tonight. Uh, there's, of course, a lot to talk about on the way here. Got an update coming from, since we're talking about money, I've got an interesting clip coming out of Canada uh, with the bank accounts being frozen that people are talking about. Uh, apparently, it's more than just the trucker organizers who are having their bank accounts frozen. We'll get into that. A little bit later, uh, again, the number is 603-283-6160. Check out Bitcoin.com. If you're ready to start learning about cryptocurrency, you need to get the basics down first. Concepts like decentralization, blockchain technology, these aren't as complicated as you might think at first blush. There's just some basic concepts you need to get down. So go to Bitcoin.com, click Get Started at the top of the page, and you'll find some introductory videos there that you can watch at your leisure. The first one, I think, is three minutes long. So spend a little bit of time, then maybe spend a little more time. Over at Bitcoin.com, click Get Started, and you can start learning about Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, and cryptocurrency in general. They've also got a great news site over at news.bitcoin.com. We're going to go back to your calls and thoughts. Speaking of Canada, we've got Mehdi calling in. Mehdi, you're on Free Talk Live from Canada. Hi, guys. And uh, hi, uh, nobody. I'm so happy you're out. Unfortunately, so nobody is so not good. here tonight, but he will oh, be joining here. us tomorrow. Uh, you, you got oh, Ian, Bonnie, and Matt on the show tonight. Ah, okay. All right. Hi, guys. We are uh, all somebody. <laughs> uh, so I have a question. I was thinking about this as far as this, the state being able to control crypto. But I don't know enough about crypto, but I have an idea where I think they can control it. And so if you could let me know how this would work, or if this idea would work or not work. Okay, okay? sure. So, so let's say, uh, so businesses have, uh, so let's say the government says, okay, we are going to uh, only allow authorized software to be able to ch- uh, exchange uh, Bitcoin from, with businesses to private individuals. Similar to, like, I think Derek Jay and Steven Zellinger have an app or something that helps to facilitate businesses to accept crypto, right? Mm-hmm. So some kind of software like that where they say only authorized ones are allowed. So number one, a uh, you know, legit business that has a license needs to use this particular software or, so, or you know, they may have a list of softwares that are authorized. Mm-hmm. And then all they have to do then, can they not just uh, block or, let's say, red flag certain uh, addresses so like let's say there's a gofundme for this campaign or whatever and a fed can just put that qr code as well as you know on facebook and see it and get the whole bitcoin address and then just have that address red flag throughout all of their systems but what would that do for them uh, because like you know they can know when an address exists and not have any possible way to do anything about it like nobody can just get satoshi nakamoto's bitcoin but they we know the address. Well, okay, address. so I think he's right, sort of right, right and right. wrong about this. On on one hand, yeah, they can definitely order U.S.-based corporations to obey some sort of blacklist. That's that's a possibility. However, what I don't think they would get away with doing is telling business owners, thou must use this software in order to accept cryptocurrency payments. I think that would be a clear violation of freedom of speech. Uh, but you know, government can't, governments can get away with a lot of regulatory stuff. As long as you've asked them for a privilege, then they will tell you what to do with your business. So that right. And if nobody ever fights them back on it, which true, a lot of people just bend over and take it for as long as necessary. I think that they're, you're going to see them doing a, a crackdown on whatever nexus, a physical nexus businesses are in the United States 
that are uh, cryptocurrency exchanges because that's the choke point. That Those are the choke points wherein people are trying to enter and exit the cryptocurrency system. So Coinbase is, of course, you mentioned them earlier, Matt. They're the, they're the biggest player, I think, in the, at the moment in, in this particular uh, area. And, in fact, they actually did a Super Bowl advertisement. They spent $7 million or whatever on a 60-second ad with a QR code bouncing around the screen. I feel awful that I ever wore a Coinbase T-shirt. Oh, did you really? Yeah, 2012, wow. I had a Coinbase T-shirt. Uh, there were nothing back then. You, you didn't know, know about it. You didn't I know I thought better. it was cool. Oh, yeah. cool, you know, you know. So they're going to they're gonna put the pressure on these companies to do what they say. And the companies will, as you said, they'll jump to. They'll yeah. hop to. They'll do whatever it is they're told. And if the federal government says we need a blacklist of certain addresses, then all those companies will pick up that blacklist and they will, you know, if they want to crack down on making the process even more difficult to withdraw, uh, say you've got Bitcoin in your Coinbase, you want to turn it into dollars in your bank account to make it even more difficult to uh, to do that, they can certainly do that. Uh, I think you're going to see those things happen. I question the prediction that they would be able to tell a business, oh, you have to use a certain point of sale. That seems pretty unlikely. Right. But anyway, go ahead. Okay, because uh, right now, like, for example, fiat money, right, to mm-hmm. be able to move it, they have Interac, right? Like, that's their thing that they use. So I Interact? just figured that it might be easy for them to, yeah, Interac, like, you know, to where you just use your bank card. Oh, I don't know. Is that, like, a, that might be a Canadian thing. Is that, because, like, oh, here, I don't know if you're talking about, like, moving fiat money from bank to bank. Is that what you're referring to? No, no. Like, if I want to buy something from uh, KFC, I use my bank card. And it's called right? Interact? Like, that, it's called Interact, yeah. Hmm. With no T at the end. Interact. Might be a Canadian thing then. I don't know. Okay. But that's yeah. what everyone uses. Interact here in Canada. So I'm saying like, you know, if they put something like that where it's, you know, like Interact, but this is what you use to transfer crypto from one bank, from one wallet to your wallet. And then once they chokehold that, then, yeah, you can't steal money from someone's wallet. You know, Bonnie's right. Of course, you can't. You need the keys. But you can prevent someone from using that crypto right so let's mm. say someone was fundraising for crypto to you know get things by gas by this and that if mm-hmm. the businesses are forced to use this particular point of sale which like you said might be not possible but if they are able to and then they say okay well you're using this point of sale here are blacklisted wallets and as soon as someone tries to use that you know alarms can ding off and right. you know they call might the call the cops i think that you could so, be right and a lot of big corporations could do something like that but Ultimately, they can't stop people from just being like, oh, I have an edge wallet on my phone. Oh, I have an edge wallet on my phone. I want to pay 20 bucks for your syrup. And okay, sounds good. They can't Uh, stop that. Interact e-transfer, according to Wikipedia, is a funds transfer service between personal and business accounts at participating Canadian banks and other financial institutions. So this sounds to me like something that we have in the United States. There's a couple of these sorts of things. Um... The name is escaping me at the moment, but it's a between banks. There's this thing that that allows people to send money back and forth that basically yeah. does it over the This ACH article says that Interact is trying to get into the U.S. market, and they are working with uh, NICE, N-Y-C-E. You might see that on the back of your debit card. Zelly. That's the one I'm thinking Zelle, of. Z-E-L-L-E. Yeah. Uh, in the U.S., mm-hmm. there's a big oh. thing between the major banks 
where it's I don't know why you know what it exactly is it just seems it to be seems some like sort a of Venmo but yeah my bank account has that my yeah. like USAA bank account has that where I could just easily send it to like my friend's bank account if I needed to yeah it's some sort of banker or corporation that inter- interacts between the, the bank so I, I suspect that's exactly what you're talking about just the US yeah. version of it and one of the things this guy's worried about is I, I think the government would have a hard time getting its hands on somebody's particular wallet address mm-hmm. without actually taking a look at their device or breaking into it somehow. So, oh, yeah. If you don't have the keys, you're not getting yeah, into that. You're, you're not, they won't even know where it's coming from. And crypto goes from wallet to wallet. There isn't like a middle processing center where it has to go through or anything like that. It just goes from one wallet to the next and a, and a ledger recording is made. Mehdi, uh, anything else you want to share tonight? And um, that's about it. Oh, with the, with the, what's it called? This emergency thing? Yeah. They're not only going after the uh, convoy, uh, the uh, organizers. Mm-hmm. The GoFundMe, is either GoFundMe or the other thing, there's some list yep. that has their names and email addresses. And they're saying that they're going to be going after those people too. I mean, ultimately, you can just starve someone. That's what, this is the best ad for, to be honest, this is the best ad for Bitcoin ever. <laughs> sure. But, yeah. But yeah. Like, that, yeah, you're right, referring to the ghost, uh, the Give, Send, Go website was hacked. Uh, and, uh, Mehdi, thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you there in Canada. Some of the best calls we've had recently coming, coming out of Canada. I can imagine. Uh, thank you for the call. So, anyway, Give, Send, Go was hacked. I don't know how many thousands of names of donors to the fundraiser for the truckers And, like, came a lot out. of their info, like passport. Correct. Uh, and now I've got the clip from the financial thugs in Canada. We'll play that coming up. Dial in at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And want to say thank you to Gavin68, who is a Free Talk Live supporter via the AMPS program over at our, our new Patreon that we started a few months back. Uh, thank you, Gavin. He's joined as a silver level amplifier over at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, Promote. And support Free Talk Lives. If you like what we do and you can afford five bucks a month to help us out, then we certainly appreciate it. And you get some cool perks like Gavin68 did over at amps.freetalklive.com. So thank you in advance for doing that. We were just talking with uh, Mehdi from Canada, and he brought up some of the regulation and the... They started this, or they used this thing for the first time called the Emergencies Act earlier this week. That was formerly uh, named the War Measures Act, something like that. Yeah, and so this apparently the first time that it has been invoked, at least under Justin Trudeau. And one of the things that this thing is allowing is banks to freeze people's accounts without having to go to the government first, and without having any kind of financial liability. For doing so, so if they freeze, wow. yeah, if they freeze your account and something bad happens to you, you know, you lose a business, you know, lose business or something like that. There's no liability on the banks' and part for doing that, even so if they got it wrong. Is this just as many as long as they want? It's in, enacted the War Measures Act. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know all the details, Bonnie. I mean, not, I haven't read it. And I'm sure none of our hosts have read the thing. We don't live in in. Canada, and I suspect most people in Canada haven't read it either just because who can read these things? I mean, they're usually hundreds, if not thousands of pages long. It wouldn't surprise me if it was one or the other of those. Um, But 
you know, I for, I did hear something the other day on uh, one of the live streams out of Ottawa that it may only require 20 members of their parliament to undo it. Mm. So it's possible that it may may not last, but again, we'll see. For right now, they're uh, talking with this Deputy Prime Minister Christian Freeland, who is interviewed. Uh, their website here is True North, or I guess it's not. It's probably not their interview, but they've got the video footage of it. Christian uh, Freeland answering questions about these new financial controls that they're going to be able to freeze people's bank accounts. And I've got that audio here. So you're confirming that accounts have been frozen, both personal and corporate, but you're not releasing the information. And the actual follow-up is, um, I'm just wondering whether the bank accounts will be targeted of individuals who donated to the Give, Send, Go and the GoFundMe campaigns. Are they considered designated people under the Emergencies Act, meaning that their credit cards could be cut and financial services are targeting them as well? Okay, so... The names of both individuals and entities, as well as crypto wallets, have been shared by the RCMP with financial institutions, and accounts have been frozen, and more accounts will be frozen. So she's not real specific. Yeah, she didn't answer the question if it was targeting people who donated to the Gifts and Go. Correct. She did not answer the question, but she did say that accounts are being frozen and they're planning on freezing more accounts. So accounts can mean two accounts. It could mean 200,000 accounts. We have no idea. And also to the average person who doesn't know a lot about crypto, they just heard her say crypto addresses have been identified and shared with the RCMP. And so people are probably like, oh, they shut down that person's crypto, but they didn't. They can't. They just they can't. identified it. Yeah. And that's a really astute point, Bonnie, because for the average person who's listening, they don't know what they're listening to. Mm-hmm. They're going to presume the government can control these things. So yep. That's the way she made it sound. Again, yep. she's being very uh, careful. And vague. Right. With how she's choosing her words. She didn't say they froze the crypto accounts. She just said we've passed on the information and then proceeded to talk about freezing accounts. Mm-hmm. So one could jump to a conclusion and one would be incorrect. If you thought that you that she meant freezing the crypto accounts, but let's go on. Uh, crowdfunding platforms and payment service providers have started the registration process with FinTrack. Uh, in terms of the specifics, now okay, she says crowdfunding platforms have started the registration process with FinTrack. FinTrack is their equivalent of FinCEN here in the United States, the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, so called. And so I don't know, but I'm going – I mean, I, I, I'm i not a lawyer, but Give, Send, Go is based in the United States. So why would Give, Send, Go have any obligation whatsoever to register with FinTrack? Well, she didn't say Give, Send, Go. She didn't. She just said mm-hmm. financial organizations or whatever. Yeah. So, again, I, I don't think that this would – you know, that they would mandate – that they could mandate that U.S.-based – Financial organizations have to register, but that would that might also mean that they would then not be able to interact with Canadian bank accounts or anything like that. So who knows what kind of pressure is being put on Give, Send, Go right now. On whose accounts are being frozen, uh, you now have the regulations. The financial service providers have those regulations as well. And they, working with law enforcement, will be making the operational decisions. Yeah, so very vague answers on her part as far as who is actually going to be targeted for these freeze-outs. 
The reality is, if people are having their accounts frozen, we're going to hear about it, right? If people are getting their accounts frozen, you know what they need to do? They need to all go on strike. Just stop working. They're not, they, don't, they can't use their money anyway. Stop working. Uh, you know, stop helping the goods move across the United States that everyone, including the government, mm-hmm. needs. Yeah, there are... Uh, I mean, obviously- sorry, I meant to say Canada. There are obviously ways for people who don't have a bank account to to live. I mean, there's unbanked people right now in the U.S. and in Canada that do not have a bank account. Yeah, but a lot of their money just got stolen. Maybe temporarily. You mean if their accounts are frozen? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a real inconvenience. I mean, if you're trying to pay the rent, you're trying to get the bills paid, get, get food on the table, uh, feed your family, and then all of a sudden, and and you had all your eggs in one basket, meaning that you only had money in a bank account. You did not have crypto. you know any cryptocurrency or any cash on hand or anything anything else. Then yeah, you're you would really be hurting uh, in this case. And that brings us to an important point here, and that is don't keep all your eggs in one basket. I mean, the the idea of a bank account is, in theory, convenient if it worked the way that they advertised it to. If it were there and it was reliable and you could use it, it is a very convenient concept. Now, of course, we know that banks are a big pain in the ass and they screw things up all the time. They charge you for things you didn't ask for. They don't send your wires for no reason. All kinds of you know hoops that they have you jump through, all kinds of questions uh, that they want to ask you. It's a real hassle. Uh, to have a bank account, but it it does still unfortunately make some things easier. So like paying the power bill here in New Hampshire, it's easier if you have a bank account. You can pay it if you don't have a bank account, but you have to physically go to a payment location and hand over cash to you know some cashier, and and that takes time. It, so it is you know for people that are unbanked, uh, life is a more time consuming thing you've got to go and jump through hoops that otherwise otherwise banked people don't have to jump through but the fact is there are other options out there for you if you're not interested in cryptocurrency fine look at gold and silver as you mentioned by look at some of these other alternatives or at the very least have a little bit of cash on hand you don't want to keep everything in a bank account especially with these psychopaths going around and just deciding that you're a uh, an you're unacceptable politically, hmm. and so therefore you need to be frozen out. I mean, this is straight out of China, this kind of stuff. So this is like social credit score. This kind is of stuff. really crazy. It's um, my dad has been really worried about and telling me a, about something called um, I can't remember all of a sudden, but it's a something score that the United States wants to start to implement in people's bank accounts, and it'll be like your social, economic. Your social score, so like you'll get a mm. score based on how they think you are, how good you are of a person, yep. how economically okay your business is, and there's one more, uh, I can't remember what it is right now, and it's basically a social credit score mm-hmm. where if your score is bad, then ECG score, mm. can't remember what, what that all stands for right now, um, but if it's bad, they can just close your bank accounts. That's basically uh, what they're doing, like bypassing that process and just saying, we don't like people who don't want to get the vaccine or don't want to mandate that people get the vaccine. So therefore, we're closing your accounts. Yeah. And that's what they're basically doing in Canada. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, but they're using the, oh, you're financing terror as the excuse. Not that, you know, we don't agree with your opinion about the vaccine. It just so happens to be that a lot of the people who finance the truckers and the convoy don't agree with the vaccine or mm. at the very least don't agree with the mandates on the vaccine and so they they're not saying you can't have an opinion 
They're just saying you can't support people who are in downtown Ottawa or blocking bridges. It's and so, thinly veiled. But. So therefore, you're a terrorist, quote unquote. And so that's why we're going to freeze your accounts. Now, the question is, are they going to follow this up with criminal charges? Uh, for these people as well, or just punish them financially. If you want to weigh in, you can join the show here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. Kick off the second hour of the program. And I had not heard... Uh, the news that I just saw just a few moments ago about what's happening in uh, in Toronto, or not Toronto, in Ottawa. Well, apparently one of the organizers of the Freedom Convoy has been arrested. Uh, now, it wasn't a name that I recognized, but apparently he is considered one of the key players. We've heard the name of Tamara Lich and BJ Dichter. And that is not, neither of those two have been arrested at this point. However, they have arrested someone by the name of Chris Barber. And this, according to various different quote-unquote news sources, this one is the actual government propaganda arm in Canada, the CBC. Uh, By the way, it is Ian here with you tonight. And Bonnie. And Matt. The CBC reporting that Chris Barber has been arrested. He is a key organizer of the so-called Freedom Convoy that has occupied Ottawa streets for three weeks. According to uh, the police, he's been arrested. In fact, there's video and uh, images here of the arrest happening. He is currently in police custody and is expected to face criminal charges. They're not even saying what this guy has been arrested for. Well, in New Hampshire, sometimes people just get arrested and then their charges come later, so... That is pretty unusual, though it did happen to Footloose, somebody that we know. (laughs) That's very, very unusual. Normally when they arrest you, you can say... What am I being arrested for? And they usually have to give you an answer. Yeah, yeah. but they did that, that to Footloose and they did that to the nine that were arrested on October 19th at the at Sinu News. They didn't tell them what it was for? Until later. Remember, they didn't give them the normal paperwork mm-hmm. that they normally get when they get bailed out of jail. Uh, so he's been described as one of the key leaders in the protest in Ottawa, which has now hit the three-week mark. He's also one of the organizers named in the class action lawsuit filed with the Ontario Superior Court of of justice 
uh, on behalf of uh, <laughs> 21-year-old's public servant, Zexy Lee. The <laughs> suit names Barber, along with other organizers, Tamara Lick and ben- Benjamin Dichter, Earlier this I month, I still don't believe that somebody's real name is B.J. Dichter. Indeed. Earlier this month, uh, Barbara responded to criticism. The protest was negatively affecting Ottawa residents by saying organizers have have empathy for the local residents. He said at the time, quote, we understand your frustration and genuinely wish there was another way for us to get our message across. But the responsibility for your inconvenience lies squarely on the shoulders of politicians who have preferred to vilify and call us names rather than engage in respectful, serious dialogue. So we do not know uh, what charges this man is facing, but we also know that at the same time, Ottawa police are now saying imminent action is expected to quote unquote take back the city from the freedom convoy protesters so last night we didn't talk a lot about the convoy i mean we've been covering it in detail over the last three weeks uh but we didn't talk a lot about it last night because honestly i didn't see any real developments i watched some of the footage from ottawa it was still going on no it's still going on but, but like no there was nothing new, new. uh so they you know they were still throwing dance parties still bouncy houses still you know places that you can go and get some food cooked for you right? that sounds great yeah it really does sound like a good it time. sounds almost like anarchy it sounds like uh, a, a really interesting occasion. Certainly not anarchy because they've got uh, armed thugs all over the place Correct. that are uh, marching about. And uh, there's a bunch more of them now than there were before. Now, oh, really? They're increasing their police presence, are they? Yes, they are. And that's what I just saw in some of the uh, the updated footage from Ottawa's filmed two hours ago from the streets of Ottawa, a large phalanx of police coming in and blocking cameras it's not clear what they were doing at the time uh and i didn't have a chance to watch the whole thing obviously during the during the news break but here's the story from the washington post police thursday said action to bring an end to the demonstrations that have paralyzed canada's capital for several weeks was quote imminent as officers descended on the downtown core and so-called authorities began cordoning off a wide swath of the city with nearly 100 checkpoints. I wonder how many people have died from coronavirus because they went to these convoy meetups with hundreds of thousands of people. Or probably not, no well, one. Tens probably of probably no one, but they're going to start keeping track of stats now. And by mm-hmm. that, I mean they're going to make something up. So what we learned a few days ago... Uh, and the sort of the big news of this week, as far as the governmental threats are concerned against the Freedom Convoy, is that under the so-called Emergencies Act, they can now set up so-called no-go zones in the city. Meaning that if you go into the zone and you're not authorized to, like I guess if you live in the area or you work at a place in the area, then or you don't have you a go. yellow star on your chest, <laughs> exactly, then you're going to get arrested. And if you uh, don't leave the no-go zone after they set it up and they tell you to leave, you'll be arrested for that, too. So it sounds to me like they're starting that process by cordoning off, as they say here, the city with 100 checkpoints. So that's like total police state kind of stuff here. That's going to take a lot of police, and they appear to be getting them from the outside uh, appear to be RCMP officers also who are doing local policing now. They're like basically deputizing the FET, the FBI, to do whatever it is the city of Ottawa wants them to do. Which the reality is, it always has been a police state. Sure. Now they're just tearing the the covers off of it. You know, they're they're pulling out pulling it out from yep. under the tarp so everybody can see it now. Uh, interim police chief Steve Bell, because the other guy just decided he, he was going to retire. Yeah. Uh, this week. 
He says, it's time to go. Speaking at a news conference, told I, the protesters. That's my number one least favorite phrase the Canadian government keeps using. It's time uh, to I go. Saw, well, not it's time to go, but it's time for us to leave the streets of Ottawa. They keep saying it's time, like they're talking to toddlers and mm. the toddlers are being rowdy and okay, guys, it's time to clean up your mess. It's really disrespectful to talk to humans like I mean, grown up humans like that. Sure. But um, that's how they that's how they see people. They see yeah. people as children. And they're the parents mm-hmm. and those are the children. Yeah. D- Doug Ford and Trudeau have been saying that constantly and it's really annoying. Your time in our city has come to an end and you Some must leave. Some of them leave. live there. Your time in our city. I'm sure some, a lot of them live there. Bell said police are hardening the perimeter around the city and had designated a large area as a secure zone where access will be limited to residents, workers, and police officers. Sorry for anybody that's running a business in that area that needs people who aren't residents to come eat there. Right. Uh Officials have been keen to avoid a repeat of previous weekends where the the crowds swell, particularly because this is a long holiday weekend. Is it like a Canadian holiday this this weekend coming up? Quote, I implore anyone that's there, get in your truck, and we will navigate safe passage for you to leave our city streets. We want this demonstration to end peacefully. But if you get arrested and your dog is there, we will take your dog if you can't make arrangements within three days. That's what they've been saying. That's a new. Uh, that's another development over the last 24 hours. Yeah. Really? They're threatening uh, the animals of So the they're threatening to take drivers. people's pets. Mm-hmm. They're threatening to take people's kids mm-hmm. sure they're threatening to shut down their bank accounts and threatening to uh stop their licenses as well like cancel their, their cdls, CDLs. Their commercial yeah. licenses mm-hmm. well none of this is a big surprise to me because they are government scumbags yeah and that's what they do they act out of force there's nothing consensual about anything they do and i hope that this is an eye-opener to a lot of Canadians. I hope so, too. Uh, and this this quote here from this police chief that they want the demonstration to end peacefully. No, you're threatening people. Yep. So, by definition, it's not peaceful. The truckers will probably remain peaceful. They'll probably go without a fight, like in this video of this organizer being arrested. He just walks with the cops. He's not, you know, not even going limp or anything like that. Not, not making it difficult on them. Uh, so you can likely you're going to see the truckers are going to remain peaceful, but the police, by definition, are not being peaceful. Right. There's a deliberate plan, he says. There's a commitment, and there's the resourcing that we now have in place to end this. Unquote. The truck horns and music that have blared nearly incessantly were intermittently quiet uh, as officers began to mass in the cold drizzle Thursday morning. But demonstrators who came here to protest the pandemic restrictions and government of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau continued to mill among the vehicles, jamming the streets around Parliament. For the second day, police handed out flyers warning of criminal charges and the possible seizure of vehicles. So they're trying at this point to scare people away. And they're littering. They want as many people to leave as possible because they want the numbers to change. They want to have the majority. They want to be able to outnumber the people that are left in the streets and the drivers that are still going to stick it out. Uh, You can share your thoughts here with us. 603-283-6160. Yeah! This is Free Talk Live. You can join us. The number here is 603-283-6160. We're giving you updates here on the Freedom Convoy. 
The crackdown appears to be in slow motion, but it does appear to be happening. Uh, mainstream media reporting that there are now 100 checkpoints set up around downtown Ottawa to choke off uh, new arrivals from coming in and backing up the people that are there in the area of Parliament and, in theory, to uh, you know, to lessen the numbers of supporters that are on the streets so the police can come in, outnumber people, and make arrests. Uh, so we're going to continue with that with you in the studio, by the way. You've got Ian. And Bonnie. And Matt. Uh, open phones, as always, 603-283-6160. So... Uh, looking at the mainstream media report, but also looking at you know independent journalists like Otto Walks, who is uh, was on the scene today out in front of Parliament a few hours ago, where it's snowing up there. Uh, here it's like sixty degrees that was almost today. today. Yeah, that's awesome. But uh, yeah, it's quite snowy there, and a I mean some number of dozens of yellow jacketed cops are shown in this footage coalescing around apparently a man who is being carried by police uh, at least that's the way it was described i couldn't see it in the video because the cops are so encasing of what's actually going on like they're surrounding the actual arrest yeah they don't want you to see what they're doing correct uh and there's a bunch of people around to witness it in theory but they are doing the cops are doing everything they can to keep people away to stop the cameraman from being able to record what's uh, what's happening. And they ultimately end up threatening some of the other camera, uh, camera people, mm-hmm. demanding that they move back. And people who are doing something good always threaten people filming them. Right. Uh, so they push successfully push the camera people back. There's like a huge throng of cops just in the way in general, just standing around the arrest that's, that's, uh, tr- that's going on. And the Canadian folks that are there, who... Still outnumber the police from from what I'm seeing. The people that are just on the ground uh, witnessing this are just quietly recording. You know, there's not anyone. I'm not hearing anyone shouting out like, you know, stop it. Stop hurting that man. Why are you doing this? Like a lot of us would like if, you know, we're we're trained as cop blockers here in mm-hmm. uh, in Keene, New Hampshire. And if the police are doing something to violate somebody's rights, we're going to say it out loud. And, you know, I wonder if I, I've seen that type of difference in the behaviors between Canadians and some other cultures before. And I wonder if it has something to do with how like Americans have been raised to be citizens and Canadians and say English have been raised to be subjects. Is there mm. something deep in their brains that tells them that they're a subject or pop property of some distant far off I don't know. I, I, I bet that could be true because they, they they believe they're under the queen. I think you're giving Americans too much credit. I would say I'm giving Americans too much credit too. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, uh, we're we're it's taken a long time. But I mean, not all of us fell victim to uh, the training. I think, but but we're trained to be cop block, you know, activists here. And the 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 difference between a cop watcher and a cop blocker is a cop blocker will insert themselves into the situation, not necessarily to get themselves arrested per se, but Happens. to speak up. To say, hey, that's wrong. Yep. What you're doing is is wrong. You need to stop harassing that college girl for having an open container on the street and or whatever. I think like the average person, even in America, but not necessarily someone here in Keene, might think they can't say anything like that to a cop because They'll basically... They'll get arrested. Well, that, and also because basically, whether you're in Canada or America, you've probably kind of been brainwashed to believe that whatever the cops are doing is at least legal 
Like they're they're not doing anything. Like if you're if they're doing something legal, can't really yell at them. Hey, what you're doing is wrong because you don't think of it that way. It can be wrong and legal, but I think a lot of mm. people don't think of it that way. So like to yell at somebody, say, "Hey, what you're doing is wrong." When they're a cop, a lot of people would have a mental block there. That's true, right? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. You know, I don't think there's really that much of a difference between Americans and and Canadians, but Canadians are generally considered nicer than yeah, Americans. That's what I was thinking, and they're just nice. So are there a lot a of factor. libertarians in Canada? Do you think? No, I mean, well, there aren't a lot of in, in the United States either. That guy that called the other day, where was he from? The one that was from the west of Canada, uh, Calgary. Calgary. He was saying that there's a lot of uh, libertarians that live around there because. There, it's a rural area, number well, one. That, and there are a lot of farmers that came from the United States to Canada when the United mm. States made some kind of law that they didn't like, and they're mm. libertarian, and they uh, you know, wanted to get away from some law. But the libertarian party there is as weak as, if not uh, weaker I was really talking about here. party politics. I was talking yeah. more like, you know, how people feel politically. I don't know. That'd I didn't a, even know there was a libertarian party in, in Canada. Uh, that would be a question for somebody in Canada. Maybe they could ask answer that question. Our number is 603-283-6160. So we're talking about the police crackdown here that, again, appears to be happening. They've set up 100 checkpoints, according to the Washington Post, and the police chief is pleading for people to leave right now. He's claiming he wants this to end peacefully. However, we know that they are threatening violence and they're using violence. For the second day, the police are handing out warnings of potential criminal charges and the possible seizure of vehicles. But on Kent Street, amid the rows of humming trucks being refueled by volunteers with jerry cans, there sat a toilet with a sign directing police to put their tickets inside <laughs> of it. That's great. Which is awesome. These guys have a good, uh, the, the protesters got a good sense of humor there. The fencing, uh, new fencing was erected on Parliament Hill's side of Wellington Street next to the demonstrators' encampments, and police from Quebec had arrived to help. So they are definitely. They're importing in- scut thugs yeah, and scumbags. Increasing numbers. And that actually goes to uh, a point that somebody else made earlier this week on the air. I think it was nobody who said protesters should consider divvying this protest up and going to some of the other cities if they're going to bring Where all the cops their, left right yeah if you're going to bring all these cops in from toronto and from quebec and uh you know they're they're out of their cities so why not just go to where they're not take the tr- take the protest split it into two kind of a good idea yeah. on nobody's part so we'll see uh how this develops trudeau this week became the first canadian leader so-called to invoke the emergencies act Parliament Hill surrounding the uh, the surrounding parliamentary precinct and several government buildings have been declared off limits for public assemblies. So well, we also we already know that he ditched town a long time ago anyway. Mm-hmm. It's hard to tell if he's even back because he he put out a tweet talking about what needs to be done in, you know, what today it's time for. what it's time for. It's yeah. like, dude, you are literally tweeting one day ahead of Canada right now. Where is he if his if his tweet is tweeting the date after what it actually is in Canada? That's so funny. You know, he must have been in New Zealand or something, China. Justin Aiello, age 23, out of Montreal, says, uh, quote, today's the day we're all under the impression we're going to get arrested. We're okay with that. As it's for a good cause, we're going to have a good time in prison. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and that's another uh, interesting point here is, again, this really is any protest movement is always all about numbers. Any civil disobedience movement is all about numbers. So if they're going to turn this protest into a civil disobedience or non-cooper- uh, non-cooperation movement, they're going to overwhelm the jail. 
And that's one of the reasons why the government gang wants to convince people to leave. They know they only have a limited number of officers and a limited number of cars and a limited number of cells in which to to place these people. What about tow trucks to pull all those tractor trailers out of there with? Those are specialized tow trucks. Yeah, but tow truck workers don't want to do it. That's That's right. Right. Because uh, so, those guys are truckers, too. Yep. Uh, we're coming up here. 603-283-6160. So it's a bit of a standoff, it sounds like. We're going to see how it develops, and you can share your thoughts as well. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on doing the Free State Project and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. You can join the show if you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And Free Talk Live brought to you by Intercoin. We've been telling you about how Intercoin can help any business and organization launch their own currency or raise money using their own token. And now Intercoin has launched their investor token. And you can get it over at a centralized exchange called XMarkets, exmarkets.com. You can sign up with just an email address. You don't have to violate your privacy over there at XMarkets. You can then deposit dozens of different cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, trade them for Tether, and use that Tether to buy ITR, which is the Intercoin Investor Token. You can learn more about the Intercoin vision at intercoin.org. That's intercoin.org. And you can buy or sell their ITR token at xmarkets.com, exmarkets.com. You just might be advancing the cause of liberty around the world as uh, there's apparently a bit of a snowstorm going on up there in Ottawa today. Police moving in in large numbers and arresting, doing their usual tactics of finding the organizers, or at least one of them. They they found one of the, the key organizers and arrested him today. They have not apparently revealed what the charges are, so we will find out what that's all about coming up here in a bit uh, whenever they get, get around to it. Maybe under the Emergencies Act, they don't have to announce why they're arresting people. They can mm. just arrest you and put you in a cell and figure it out later. I wouldn't be surprised if that's true. Yeah. Uh, so we've got more to say about what's going on. Uh, they're also... In large numbers now, police in, from other cities have come into Ottawa. They're essentially deputizing the RCMP, which is their FBI, to act as local enforcers as well. So there's a lot more cops uh, that are on the scene, but there's still a lot of freedom lovers there. There's still a lot of activists 
uh, that are on the ground and they're trying to threaten them to leave. They're handing out threats, written threats, and basically saying that a crackdown is so-called imminent. We're going to continue with that coverage coming up here. Uh, Connie is on the line, though, in Alabama. You're on Free Talk Live. Connie. Hi. I was listening to the radio on the way home from work. Yeah. They are starting to investigate the donors that have made donations to the the trucking thing. They said they're they're investigating Bitcoin and personal accounts, and then they're going to turn that over, this information to somebody, but I can't remember who they said. Which to me sounds just like more threats. They're trying to defund it by getting people, uh, you know, scared, apprehensive of sending money. Well, may have. But it was a woman that she's somebody from the government there. Uh, Like I said, it just caught me off guard. And I was just on NPR radio. And, you know, can you imagine how those people must feel? They thought they were free. And now it's coming to light how they're being treated. Yeah, I think you're referring to the clip that we played earlier to, uh, tonight on this program. It was a financial top bureaucrat in Chris Canada. Chris Freeland? Something like that. Yeah, certainly not a free... I bet it uh, was, but I was just shocked. I mean, I thought some of those things couldn't be traced. Well, uh, cryptocurrencies, some of them cannot be traced, and there's nothing they can do. If you if you were to contribute Monero, and by the way, Matt has a Monero come and trace it hoodie on tonight here in the studio uh if you were to to send monero to the truckers and there was a monero link available on a website that i linked to earlier this week i don't recall offhand what it was but there, there definitely are some truckers out there that are accepting monero and there is no way that anyone can trace that. That is music to my ears. The truckers themselves <laughs> really? don't even know who sent it to them. They just, it just pops into their wallet. Well, I wish I, everybody would do that way. I mean, it's not right. It's not, it's just dishonest. That government's just showing their true colors. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and they're not that different from the U.S. government. Just At because all. what we're seeing happening in Canada can absolutely happen here in the United States. Yep. It's just that there hasn't been a ballsy protest movement like this here in the United States. At least mm-hmm. not in a long time. Yeah. So uh, you know well, what I think I about the New York. I think the United States. I, I think people are. To know about it. Yeah, that's just in great. Case they hadn't heard. Thank you, Connie. Yeah, I think You're people welcome. in the United States tend to be people who are. I think the mentality in the United States is a little bit different because there's so many guns, and I think a lot of mm-hmm. people are just waiting for it to go. Thanks, Connie, for the call tonight. I do appreciate hearing from you. I well. Our restrictions haven't gotten as bad as they were getting in Canada. I think no, that haven't. if it suddenly happened like that in the in the United States, that there would be huge protests here as well. Yeah, maybe. Do you remember the uh, the uh, the Bundy Ranch thing? Yeah, and how long that went, and how well mannered the feds turned out to be on that one. Yeah, that's true. There was a lot of armed people who came from all over the country to that thing, and it, you know, it wasn't even that many armed people. Didn't they? Hundred. Then the feds kill people no no that was the one in oregon right mm-hmm. the, they killed one guy in oregon if i recall correctly yeah, yeah. lavoy finicum, lavoy finicum. and yeah. what was he doing he was a member like a, a group a, a, a group of the in the same group of friends as the bundy folks mm-hmm. and knew them personally and things and they basically chased him down the road and ran him off the road and shot him well well what about what, where was the Bundy Ranch situation that they didn't shoot anyone? 
The Bundy Ranch situation was the one in which they didn't shoot anyone. In Oregon, it was wasn't well, a was ranch. That? In Oregon, it was a wildlife refuge, which is government property that some people came to occupy. Right. And Finnicum was one of the occupiers who but was traveling between locations. Where's the Bundy him. Ranch then? It was in Nevada. Nevada. Hmm. Okay. Uh, no. The link between those two events is that one of the Bundys, or at least one of them, from the ranch, one mm. of the sons, I think, uh, was one of the occupiers at the right. Oregon refuge. Okay, so that's where a, I was a little confused. There was a Bundy link between the two, but yeah. the Bundy uh, Bundys were not harmed and no one was, uh, was killed at the ranch situation. But months later... The feds arrested people from yes, the ranch situation, and those who made the mistake of taking the plea deal went to prison, while those who actually said, I have my rights, I'm going to court, they were found not guilty by juries. Almost, I believe everyone, mm-hmm. I believe I every so person, which is amazing mm-hmm. that that, uh, that happened. So, and, and I, I think that the fact that Americans have guns is the only reason that we're not like Australia right now. Mm-hmm. Because I just don't think that it could happen like that. And in that sense, I think that people in the United States owning guns is somewhat of a, pr- a protest in its in itself. True. The I government mean, wouldn't try the same exact way that the Australian government tried it. It they certainly just makes things trickier. Yep. And yeah. all those Democrats buying guns in 2020. Made it real hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm against violence as a, a solution to things, but I do think that there is something to the fact that Simply the ownership of guns. You don't have to threaten anybody. Yeah, it's just self-defense. Just, just having enough people with guns out there is a deterrent to the government. And I was it's not a big deterrent, but it's enough to make a difference between here and Australia. Right. I was kind of um, black-pilled right after the raid, and I was saying things like, on the show, I was saying, I think that having guns just ma- puts you in, in danger because like they will just raid your house and use the excuse of oh you had guns in your house but the thing is if everybody had guns they wouldn't be pulling stuff like that well i don't know i think you're kind of right on that because the atf came to that raid yeah and guns had nothing to do with the raid yeah however and guns weren't mentioned in the warrant Mm. Mm mm-hmm but for some reason the atf guy was here i don't think he was supposed to be here oh he he showed up here here. why because they knew you were here my guns aren't a question in the They're, case. Yeah, against, had, they just they weren't on the warrant. Doesn't matter. They knew that a guy who was into guns lived on the premises, and they wanted to go through your collection. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's why they brought him. But you're not supposed to be searching anything in a house that you that isn't listed in a in a warrant. They didn't con- uh, confiscate the guns. They confiscated from you a uh, what was it? A oil filter or something like yeah, that? Yeah. That and fifteen hundred dollars. They didn't didn't make it on anybody's manifest. Right. That went in the pocket. So they can well. still go through everything, and then they just wanted to see what you, they could see, you know. And some people say that that's the whole reason for the the raid in the first place was you know it hit us with a bunch of bunkum charges that right. ultimately may end up getting dropped within the next year. But they still got to keep all our computer equipment and go through all the files and go through all the filing cabinets and, you know, learn as much about the free staters in Keene as they possibly can. They could just ask. Just like they did five years ago. Well, I know better than to talk to uh, feds. That's true. But more coming up. Talk live. Phones are open. You can join us here. The number is 603 283 6160. 
That's 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. Oh, sorry, Bonnie, try that again. Oh, you're hitting the mute button. Oh my god, it's funny. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why I did that. I think because I was like moving my stuff around. So. <laughs> it was a comfortable place to put your hand there for a sec. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? Okay, yeah, it's Bonnie. And Matt. All right, so uh, phone's open here. You can join us. You can bring up whatever you want to discuss. We're still in the, uh, the midst of updates on what's going on with the Freedom Convoy. Uh, there apparently are now 100 police checkpoints set up in Ottawa. They're bringing in cops from other cities like Quebec. I've heard Toronto police, uh, RCMP, which is their equivalent of the FBI, as I understand it. Uh, So they're doubling, maybe tripling or whatever, is getting as many cops into the city as they can. They're already going around making occasional arrests. However, in order to make just one arrest on the streets today, they had to swarm in what looked like at least 35 cops just in order to give them the the you know incentive or whatever to give them the courage to stand against the the crowd of people that was around yeah you know this is proof there is no such thing as a good cop mm-hmm. how can mm-hmm. these these got cops are people who will do anything they're told and yep. you can tell the good ones because they, they quit, quit. Mm-hmm. yeah because this the good cops aren't around arresting these other cops nope right because uh, they will be turned against. They will be considered going against the thin blue line. Absolutely. And the thin blue line will then turn against them and their family members, and they know it. So and That's a gang. That's a yeah. real gang. You do not turn against that gang, or right. you are in trouble. I'm pretty sure that they are all... Comp- uh, it's almost like they've been through the fire now and only the worst of the worst exist on the police force. I'm pretty sure it's the same way in Canada because they sure. have Black Lives Matter um, protests and stuff like that going on in Canada too in 2020 and people talking bad about cops and realizing stuff about cops Mm -hmm. finally publicly and a lot of people or cops in the United States quit and then on top of that and it's hard to find new ones by the way on top of that um all the mandates a lot of cops quit over the mandates so all the ones that are left are the died in the wool the most obedient awful human beings Yeah. yeah that's true uh, you're referring to like the cities where in some cities in the U.S., uh, New York City and Chicago, for instance, come to mind. The police unions are actually against the mandates. Yeah, Chicago. And New York City said, well, look, you know, you either get the vaccine or you're going to be out of a job. And we actually never ended up seeing what happened. Yeah, they would with that not situation. talk about it on any mass media. Yeah, there's probably some smoothed over backroom deals mm-hmm. and, you know, typical. So I want to go back to the story about the police that are sort of, I described it as like a slow motion crackdown. They're doing the usual police things. They're just doing it very carefully. So whenever there's a protest movement, the police try to figure out who the organizers are and they go after them. Right. Because they want the the little people, if you will, the followers, uh, to see what's happening to the organizers and not want that to happen to them and leave. So they're already, they've already arrested at least one of the key organizers within the last 24 hours, and now they're going around in a swarm of cops in uh, downtown Ottawa, and they made at least one arrest that I saw happening on the Ottawa's live stream, and they're setting up checkpoints. According to the story, they're also, the story at uh, the Washington Post, again, mainstream media coverage, that they are now handing out tickets. So in addition to making an occasional arrest, they're going around and leaving tickets. They're not even courageous enough to hand the ticket to the person in question. According to uh, one guy, he said that he, or I guess he came back to his truck to find that there was a ticket 
waiting for him on the truck. Uh, let's see if I can find Litter. this here. Yeah, basically littered on onto his truck. What if it had blown away? I mean, there's a blizzard, yeah. you know. Uh, Trudeau, let's see here. I have this story pulled up. I've never heard of somebody getting a ticket other than a parking ticket on their car. Right. I would be like, it wasn't issued to me. This I may have been a parking ticket. Here it is. Dave Langill, age 40, to a farmer from Toronto, said police left him a ticket for $79 tucked beside a jerry can on his vehicle, which has been parked illegally since Friday. He said someone offered him several times the ticket's price to buy it as memorabilia. <laughs> That's great. But he declined, saying he wanted to keep it, quote, as ammo, unquote, and planned to litigate it alongside other ticketed drivers to keep the government, quote, in court for years. Yes. Somebody nice. gets it. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. And this is we were hoping of- we were talking about this and hoping that this would go this way when they got ticketed. Hopefully exactly. a lot more of them do it that Don't way. pay the ticket. I understand that there are generous people out there that just want to make this go away, and they just want the truckers to have an easy time. I oh, will pay your tickets for you. Not the way to go. But I'm so glad to hear that these guys are like, you know what? We still have some semblance of rights to a trial. We're going to go to trial. We know Choke they're going to railroad at every step. We know they're going to railroad us, but we're going to make them go through those steps. Make it hard. Yeah, make it difficult on them. And he says further, quote, everybody's already broke. Unquote. He rejected the idea that his actions were illegal. Meanwhile, cracks were emerging among the convoy's leaders. Pat King, a far-right agitator who was listed as a regional organizer for the convoy, took aim at Canada Unity, one of the main groups behind the protests. Quote, I haven't seen you on the ground chasing police cars, he said in a video posted to Facebook. Enough of riding my coattails, Canada Unity. Enough trying to use me to make yourself a big name. All right, so infighting. That happens. Hmm. As a movement gets big enough, it's inevitable that the personalities within it cannot get along with one another. That's not, you know, that's that's growing pains. I've never seen anything like that happen before anywhere. Canada Unity should go to Toronto and the other guy. Start their own protest? Yeah, should go to... Um, Quebec while they're, you know, not expecting it. He also described a new Democratic Party leader, Jagmeet Singh, practicing Sikh born in Ontario as a, quote, terrorist who should go back to, quote, his own country. Oh, my God. Unquote. The Emergencies Act gives so-called authorities more power to regulate the protest. One of the protesters. One of the protesters? The supposed leader. One of the supposed uh, leaders. Oh, so Uh, he's a fed. So he's a fed, yeah. Could be. Good chance. The Emergencies Act gives so-called authorities more power. Wait, to- was this was this guy arrested? The one that said that no. about the Sikh? Yeah, he's no, probably just talking fed. crap. The move set the stage for tougher action to quell the standoff gripping the city. Parliament began a debate on the measure on Thursday. So we were talking earlier about what's it take to undo the Emergencies Act, and again, it is some sort of a number of Parliament people to say nope, you can't put this thing in play. They're having a debate about it, but nothing has been done as of yet. Uh, Trudeau says he did not invoke the act to deploy the military to suspend fundamental rights. or Probably limit- because the military said they won't do it. Well, that's what the rumor is. But did anyone that actually see... That wasn't a rumor. See- we read it on the air where the, there was a guy from the military saying we, will, we are not doing the, co- uh, the cop's job. Right, but that's going to be different than if the, the, the whole country, you know, the federal government calls them in. Hmm. Right. So that that was back when the Ottawa police or the Ottawa mayor was reaching out and saying, can you send troops in? Hmm. And they said no. But if it comes from Justin Trudeau's office, what are they going to say? Maybe a lot of them don't want to do it. So I sure hope so. Maybe it'd be hard. 
And I hope that we don't get to find out. But at this time, they're you know they're acting as though they're not going to use the military. And he claims Trudeau claims he did not invoke the act to suspend fundamental rights or limit freedom of expression. But sure. that's exactly yeah. what the, that's exactly what that's they're exactly doing. Exactly what he did it for. So talk is cheap. Actions speak louder than words. Uh, so let's see. Uh, they're talking about how you know it's time. This needs to stop, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The Canadian Civil Liberties Union said Thursday it's taking the government to court. The group says it had not met the legal threshold to invoke the act. So the equivalent of, uh, I presume, the ACLU there is saying, you guys aren't even allowed to do what you're doing under your own rules, but you're doing it anyway, which is, Mm. of course, also typical Typical. of governments. Expected. Tow truck operators are worried about risks to their safety and future employment if the government asks them to remove the big rigs jamming downtown Ottawa, according to an industry leader on the public broadcasting channels there wednesday so i guess they're worried about their future employment does that mean they're worried about not being able to get a job with other truck companies or is it worried are they worried that the government's not going to use them again if they refuse to to obey because like when you are uh, like the police need a, a car towed they call the local tow tr- uh, tow truck operators and they send one of them down and they pay the tow truck operator right, right to get the car towed uh Maybe they're concerned because if they refuse to remove the big rigs, that the police will never call them for a regular tow in the future. I, it's not real clear what what they're saying here. What is their concern about this? Because I, I suspect a lot of them do not want to participate in the removal of these trucks. You know, it'd be funny is if they all banded together as a specified, you know, a very particular group as tow truck drivers and towed away government vehicles. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Well, I just like drag over... them off into a field and park leave them there. <laughs> While they're arresting someone, they're not looking and their car the gets towed gone. away. That, that would be so awesome. Uh, that would definitely take this to the next level. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> uh, and I, you know, I support that. That's not that's not violent, right? Like Absolutely. That's, that's effective, and it definitely gets in their way. 603-283-6160. You can bring up anything you want. So I think those are the updates out of Canada. There's one little bit uh, more about crypto crackdowns in Canada. We can talk about that on the way. It is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. The phones are open here as we kick off the third hour of the program. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian, Bonnie, and Matt in the studio here tonight. Phones are open, as always. You can bring up whatever you want. We didn't get into the CBDC thing, the central bank digital currency. That's still on the way here tonight. Plus, we'll be hearing more of that in the future anyway. Unfortunately, we likely are. Uh, Plus, we've been talking about the Freedom Convoy as well. The latest from Ottawa as police are amplifying up their numbers with cops coming in from Quebec and I believe uh, Toronto, the RCMP. They're planning some sort of a crackdown. They're putting up checkpoints all across the uh, the downtown portion of, uh, of Ottawa. We can continue with what's going on there. They also arrested one of the purported key organizers of the event, and that's uh, what I've learned today. If you've learned something else you want to hear, uh, you want to share it with us, the number is 603-283-6160. To the phones we go, though. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dennis, listening to K-Talks down there in Arizona. Go ahead, Dennis. 
I appreciate your guys' show. I Thanks. appreciate uh, all three of you uh, on tonight. You guys are a great show. Thank you for keeping the truth out there. Thank you, Dennis. What's on your mind? Well, the Ukraine, uh, you know, last time I heard uh, they didn't want to go to war, but Biden seems to be sending our troops all over the place. And it just seems like a smoke screen. What do you guys think? Because I've got like six different things they're trying to smoke screen. Well, I mean, definitely the U.S. government wants to whip up the war. I mean, they, they love themselves a good war. They, they want people to support war. Uh, they want the war to happen because they want the military-industrial complex to be shuffled even more money than they're currently being shuffled. And uh, it's all about the politicians scratching the backs of their buddies and punishing their enemies. Yep. Who was it that said, uh, someone famous at one point said, war is the health of the state? I believe Randolph Bourne, I think. Might is that be right? The, if I, if I recall he? correctly, I don't know. Uh, I just That's just the name that pops to mind. It's, a, it's an old quote. Yeah, I've heard it too, uh, but I didn't know who. It goes way back. Uh, um, but- one thing that I keep thinking of is, I don't know all the details, but right before... Biden got elected or maybe right after all that stuff came out about Biden's son having some type of business like shady business deals in Ukraine. Yeah, so it was right. like a power company or something that he yes. was I think Biden with. was involved, too. So, like, what if that has something to do with well, this? What I understand is Biden uh, threatened to shut down some support for Ukraine if his son wasn't added to the board of directors of, of this, this power giant thing. energy company. Oh, no, and it was like a zillion Ukraine. dollar deal. And hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, this I is. So, I so forgot Hunter Biden. Oh man, yeah. I so forgot that one. A lot of not, people not, want you to not, forget not, Hunter not Biden. To mention, not to mention, I, I appreciate you guys trying to keep on top of the number of vaccination deaths, the pedophilia of the elite, the Durham report with Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. the border crisis, and the elections, of course. And I'm going to take you guys' comments. I love to listen to you. I'm going to take them offline, but I appreciate uh, letting me have the time. Thanks, Dennis. I do appreciate hearing from you. Uh, certainly the Ukraine situation that has been developing, uh, according to the people in Ukraine, at least from what we've heard, the president there, is, has, his response has been, he's not worried. He doesn't think that there is an invasion that's imminent, and that he thinks that Joe Biden is blowing this way out of proportion. Hmm. Uh, and that's been the main kind of perspective coming out from that area of the world in fact here's an update from the guardian that i had here in show prep uh yesterday was supposedly wednesday was the day that over the weekend the mainstream media in the united states was saying rumor is that putin is going to invade ukraine as soon as wednesday and wednesday came and wednesday went (laughs) and no invasion in fact if anything putin was actually removing troops according to some reports but Uh, According to The Guardian, the day when some briefings had forecast Russia would invade Ukraine came and passed without incident. Pundits in Moscow lined up for their chance to dunk on the Western media. Olga Skabviva, the host of state media talk show 60 Minutes, said, What a sad celebration we have today. Uh, While standing on the stage emblazoned with the logos of the Daily Mirror and Daily Mail, she said further, The day of no invasion of Ukraine, or perhaps as they say in Ukraine, the day when Putin once again hasn't attacked. Unquote. And they go on to say Western leaders, including Joe Biden, have gone public with what they claim are Russian plans to launch an invasion of Ukraine, hoping that exposing the Kremlin's alleged moves in advance could avert a war. Well, that's not what Biden's trying to do. He's sending troops over there because he wants the war to happen. 
but announcements of a date and, in the case of some tabloids, the exact time when Russia could launch a potential attack set up a big target for Russian officials and media to ridicule. The Russian Foreign Ministry spokesperson Maria Zakharova who enjoys prodding foreign media, wrote, quote, a request to the mass disinformation outlets of the USA and Britain, Bloomberg, the New York Times, The Sun, etc., announced the schedule of our, quote, invasions, unquote, for the coming year. I'd like to plan my vacation, she said. She wrote further a day earlier, quote, February 15th will go down in history as the day of the failure of Western war propaganda, humiliated and destroyed without firing a shot. That's fantastic. I like this person. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm sure I would dislike the Russian government were I to live under them, but I do enjoy their sense of humor when it comes to attacking the U.S. It's been so great for a few years. Yeah. Uh, and I enjoy the Russian t- uh, Russia Today news coverage because they are not afraid to talk trash about the American government on their their news system. Now, you can't trust them as far as you can throw them as far as reporting on Russia. Right. But they did report about how um, the United States came out with a faked report that the Syrian government was using chemical weapons on their own people. And the, the media here was using that to push war with or going and invading Syria. Mm-hmm. So is and you're it, saying RT told the truth about it? Yeah. So, I mean, they could be doing the same thing here with Ukraine, just faking stuff. Oh, uh, Russia's going to invade, and we, that's why we need to get behind this, and, you know, you Americans should be backing us going to war. Little They're has changed again. on the ground near Ukraine's borders, however, after the announcement of a partial withdrawal, quote-unquote, of Russian forces by Putin. Tuesday, only two units have officially departed from Crimea for their home bases. Meanwhile, analysts from the conflict intelligence team told The Guardian they had identified a new shipment of rocket artillery being unloaded at Kursk in southern Russia. U.S. reports have mostly said this week marks the beginning of a window when Russia could launch an operation, rather than predicting the day it would take place. In Russia, coverage of the buildup is less focused on the movement of tanks and missiles than on the information battle, where the main aggressors are seen as Western officials and media reporting breathless predictions of all-out war or false flag attacks. So we will continue to, as you know, we hear more about this, we'll clue you in. Of course, if you're following it closely, feel free to give us a call. I, for, I'm the first to admit I'm not following it closely. Uh, I mean, I'm not of the opinion that anything's going to happen, hopefully. Yeah, I was following it more closely before I have started hearing, oh, it's actually not as serious as it seems. Like someone we know has a brother in Ukraine and he was saying, right. oh, it's not that, it's seriously not Although a Axelman big deal here. That. Yeah, nobody yeah. cares about what's going on here in Ukraine. So I just stopped being as stressed out about it. So, yeah, people there are saying everything's okay. We're not worried. We should probably listen to them. Yeah, I'm not Mm. worried. Because they're they're experts at what's going on there. They live Mm -mm. there. Uh, So there's that. But I've been following closely, the, uh, of course, the situation in Canada. I think that's most relevant to our purposes, for freedom lovers' purposes, to observe the freedom convoy, see what they get right, see what they they get wrong. And I, I don't think they've gotten a lot wrong. So far, there's no. Not, they've been doing things the right way yeah, too. There's really and not a lot to hearing tonight that they're going to carry it the distance in the courtrooms too is fantastic. That's 
really <laughs> that's encouraging. Wait, what? Oh, God, that's fantastic. Oh, that they're going to oh, yeah. tra- challenge tickets and things like that. That is so. really awesome. And, you know, I want to speak to one more thing that Dennis said there. He mentioned pedophilia. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be a little bit of a tangent to our current talk. We can go right back to talking about that. But sure. this is kind of breaking news. Happened a couple hours ago, apparently. You know those uh, to catch a predator yeah. things like on uh, YouTube and stuff? People have like, you know, you have your network TV versions of that. But there's a whole right. bunch of smaller outfits catching yeah. up pedophiles. Um, yeah, there's uh, just like one one off YouTube channels where there's just one guy who sets these dudes up and, yeah. and catches them. You've got something about a Facebook exact. manager uh, getting caught up in one of these. We can talk about that. Coming up here, uh, the number is 603-283-6160. Or, no, I correct myself, Meta is their new Meta. name. Uh, so that's on the way. And your calls and thoughts are welcome. Plus, the Canadian crackdown on crypto? Was our caller earlier correct? It sounds like he might have been. We'll tell you about it. Coming up, Free Talk Live. phones here are open. You can join the show. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And in the studio tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Matt. 603-283-6160. And coming up in just four months from now, it sounds like a long time, but... It'll be here before you know it. ForkFest 2022, the 6th annual ForkFest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Comes the week after the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which last we heard was at over 80% sellout status. So if you want to get your tickets to the Porcupine Freedom Festival, you ought to get them before the end of this month to be safe. But keep in mind, the entire campground at the Porcupine Freedom Festival is completely sold out at this is, point. So, is it officially sold? It out? It is sold out. So, wow. if you want to, if you want a campsite for Porkfest, you're going to have to ask real nicely and possibly share one that somebody else already has. And there's plenty of that out there. Yeah. You just got to get your uh, you know, talk your feelers people. out and yeah, talk, to talk to people. Until somebody will take you on. Or you might have to stay at a hotel somewhere down the road. But apparently, the hotel nearest to the place is also sold out. Yeah, so. uh, the ho- the they have another hotel building across from their main hotel across the, the road true and that is not yet even begun to be sold they don't really? open that i heard that they don't You're open about that the cabot? Up. yes oh wow they don't open the second building up for reservations until like april and oh, then wow. or something so i would stay on top of the cabot about that too that's if you want interesting a hotel room but you're not going to need to do any of that for ForkFest because that doesn't have tickets. There's no sellout status for ForkFest. In theory, the campground could sell out, but based on previous years, it's not going to. It's a much smaller event. It's kind of like the uh, the laid-back after-party of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. And happens- Most people can't stay somewhere for two weeks. Right. True. Uh, it happens the week after, uh, June 27th through July 3rd. So you can get your campsite, you can get your RV site or your motel room with Rogers Campground. That's all you need. There's no ticket. Uh, for ForkFest. You can go to ForkFest.party to learn more about it. That's the unofficial website. It's some it's kind of event where you can create what you want to happen. So if you want a musical thing to happen, then play some music. If you want a poker game, bring a table and bring a deck of cards uh-huh. and you know set it up. If you want a cool party tent, then set up a cool party tent. So it's you know it's more of a uh, a doers festival. Yeah. It's so. not an organized thing. It's Correct. not all, you know, structured and set out ahead of you like yeah, Pork Fest. Forkfest.party. Uh, can you believe it's the sixth one? It's amazing, huh? I can't believe it. All right, we're going to continue with your calls and thoughts. And on that, you had a story you wanted to tell about mm-hmm. a meta executive getting caught doing something he shouldn't have been doing. First, though, Sarah in New Mexico, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Yes, I, I've been hearing on that. 
especially Dan Bongino's show that um, they want to put sanctions against Canada, um, I guess from the NAFTA or capitalist, uh, because they're going left. They're going socialist, communist uh, type of uh, economic system and government in that country. And um, I think it must be true. Who Calling is NAFTA going to hold on? Who is going to put sanctions against Canada? She said NAFTA. Well, I, I, the capitalists or or probably the United States government. Well, whoever don't like the socialist system, it doesn't make know, any sense. They're, they're yeah, not, Canada's not uh, socialist. And well, know, I mean, well, they're as socialist as the United States, at yeah. least, and, and maybe and, a little more in the medical field, right? And the United States does not like uh, the United States government. Is not opposed to socialism at all. Neither no. is NAFTA. I mean, NAFTA is not NAFTA actual free trade. None part. of the things she's talking about are capitalists. <laughs> also, isn't but, but, Canada but, part of NAFTA? Yeah, it is. Yes, right. Well, but, but what I'm what what I'm saying is that like 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 what Trudeau, his parents were down in Cuba, and were they on vacation or they were on, what was it? They're, they have relationship with communist cuba and they don't like that so all of these countries that are what are you talking about they don't like that i mean the u.s government is run by a bunch of socialists well but um but the thing about it is that but they don't want most people to know that they want you to think it's a capitalist program they want you to think that pension and social security is a capitalist program and in fact it's a communist program and so that that's what I've been hearing. And okay, well, so you're, what you're I hearing is total it, bunk. It just doesn't make well, any sense. Done. There's no chance that the U.S. government is going to put sanctions on Canada. I'm it is one of its largest trading it partners. I don't see anything like about it either. No. Dan, by the way, you mentioned the host, a talk show host named Dan, Dan Bongino. This guy used to work for the government. He is a uh, so apparently a former Secret Service agent. Oh, God. Right, so right. you can't trust so then, a word he says. Well, yeah, but most of all of this stuff is propaganda, and I, I so yes, but it it's most definitely propaganda. That, why are you believing it? Well, you know why I believe that because most of the countries that do turn socialist or, to, or go left wing, what do they do? They put sanctions. They no. threaten Russia with sanctions. They say we're going to stop trading with you. And then going you left ask wing the question, for a long time. Why are you? Can That's you what she's me, saying. She's saying Canada's going left wing, so therefore but it, the U.S. They've been left wing, is what I'm saying. And the United States has been friends and allies yeah. with them for the U.S. is friend. You know, is not friends, quote unquote. I mean, these are just governments we're talking yeah. about. <laughs> right. The the U.S. government gang doesn't sanction China, and they are absolutely a communist yeah. dictatorship who are putting peaceful people in re-education camps. I mean, they're not being sanctioned. They're being traded with. So they're the harvesting idea- the organs of people, and we're still doing trade with them. Yes. But they did sanction Cuba. I mean, they that's did. definitely what she, one thing that she's re- referring to. But-, but Cuba doesn't matter. I mean, as far as whether or not the U.S. I mean, I think there should be no such thing as sanctions. I yeah. think that you should be able to trade with the Cuban sure. people or, who, or the Iranian people or whoever it is you want to trade with. But ultimately, if the U.S. government doesn't, you know, allow people to trade with Cuba, it's not going to really do anything to the economy of well, the U.S. Well, the Cuban right? economy, yeah, Yeah, it the does. Cuban economy, it will. But as far as, like, it's not going to be the end of the world, you know, if we can't trade with, uh, with the Cubans. Whereas right. Canada is a huge trading partner for the hmm. United States, and there's no chance that uh, even if politically things go 
if Canada grows politically apart from the U.S., which it's not doing, they're both tyrants. Yeah. They're both lording uh, power over their people. Almost no difference between the two. Right. Uh, it's a ridiculous call, Sarah. And but thanks for just making it. Google a quick Google search. I couldn't find anything remotely no. related to what she was saying. Just so ridiculous conjecture. Uh, so Matt, what is going on with this meta? executive who's been busted by an internet uh, pedophile sting okay so if you've ever caught a band for uh violating facebook's community standards you'll be interested in this the guy who sets those standards just got caught up by predator catchers indianapolis Ooh. and and they nailed him in a hotel room trying to bang a 13 year old boy and uh he got there and there wasn't a 13 year old boy to bang. Mm. So, um, interestingly, they started grilling him, uh, and they live streamed the grilling, and he just spilled all of his guts on a live stream. So mm. I don't think in what um, way, like saying he, what he was going to do. Yeah, oh. mm-hmm. yeah, they brought it all up to him, and he said, "Well, yeah, that's that's what I said." Oh wow! And uh, I mean, clown. Um, his name is Jaren J E R E N A Miles, and they nailed him. So that's a fun thing, you know. I wonder. Uh, you know, some of the stuff I've said on Facebook that's gotten me bust, you know, a 30-day ban or a three-day ban or whatever, um, doesn't come anywhere near what this guy's trying to do. Well, Has he been arrested? Uh, I would imagine somebody's looking at him by this point. This video is only a couple hours old, though, so. More coming up here. If you want to join the show, the number is 603-283-6160. So that's breaking news then at this yes, point. Yes, brand new. Uh, and you can share your thoughts. Whatever's on your mind goes here on Free Talk Live. Talk live. Phones are open here. You can join the show and bring up whatever you want. The number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And looks like some other breaking news here, according to the Keene Sentinel reporter Caleb Simons here in beautiful Keene, New Hampshire. The city council, two months after passing a new mask mandate, has now rescinded. The mask mandate in the after nobody listened to it. Nobody followed it, did they? Well, I've seen a ton of people wearing masks around. They were wearing them, but I don't think they're doing it because of the uh, the mandate. Yeah, I feel like nobody who didn't want to be wearing a mask wore a mask in Keen. I don't know, Bonnie. I. I mean, I wish I could believe that, but well, okay. When there was a mask compliance went up. When there was a mask mandate before um, the first one, yeah, that ended in June. May 21st, mm-hmm. everyone that came in the Moose Mart was wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. And then June 1st, nobody was wearing a mask anymore. And it's been like that, this whole mask mandate. You didn't notice an increase in compliance after the new mandate went into went into place two months ago? I mean, they got signs up in downtown. In other places, but people who don't want to be wearing a mask, mask aren't doing it. You don't feel like when you're at uh, working at the Mighty Moose Mart, the convenience store here, you're not seeing an increased compliance? Whenever I do see people come in with a mask, they're, I don't know, they don't seem like they're from here or something. Like, they're mm-hmm. like, where's a gas station from here? And things well, like maybe that, a so. lot of the people that are wearing masks are not from here. But well, a lot of people a kid, come here to shop. There was a little kid that came in and he's uh, with his mom. They asked to use the bathroom and he was like, We're from mm. New York. Ugh. Ugh. Well, a lot of people <laughs> it's come. It's very masky in New York. Yeah. I was just out there. A lot of people come to Keen to shop. 
That's that's a fact. We're yeah. the we're the city that's the southwesternmost city in in quote unquote city. There's only twenty three thousand people here, but that's what I'm saying. Uh, like they're, they're the people that would be wearing a mask mandate, whether there was a mandate or not. Those are the people coming in with masks. Well, not plus remember there's else. there's a there's a big flashing sign on Main Street, or at least you know there was. Maybe they're going to turn it off now, but. There's a big flashing sign as you're coming into downtown Keene that says mask man or citywide mask mandate. Yep. And it just flashes that. It doesn't tell you that, you to know. To wear a mask. It just says Keene mask mandate. Well, I was going to say, it doesn't tell you any of the details. It doesn't tell you that you'll be the one facing the fine, but that the police are saying they're not going to enforce it. I mean, there's all kinds of details about this mask mandate that are worthy of knowing that could help someone make a decision as to whether or not they actually want to risk not wearing a mask. Because, in my opinion, there's absolutely zero risk as far as you getting a, a fine in Keene. Because the cops have said publicly, some of them, that they are not going to enforce this mask mandate. Uh, so, But the average person doesn't know that. They just know they see a flashing government sign saying mask mandate. So I think that there is still a, a, a portion of the people out there. I mean, even in Aldi. The other day, there That's was true. maybe two or three people besides Bonnie and I on a fairly busy day that didn't have a mask on. So yeah. there's still a hard, high level of compliance out there for this. Now, None of our friends listen to it. Well, of course not. I mean, we're the, the liberty activists. Of course, we're not going to do that. But uh, apparently it was a seven to seven vote. So the council deadlocked wow. on this vote and Hansel, the mayor, cast the tie breaking vote to remove the mask. Wow. Mandate. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. What did you? What is? What political party is he? He's a Republican. He's a Republican. But you wouldn't but his know his girlfriend's it. a Democrat. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't know it from you know what he does. Right, Ian, isn't his girlfriend a Democrat? She is. Yeah, she's a hard leftist for sure. So anyway, that's just a quick update. Let's go to Jack. He's in Washington State. You're on Free Talk Live, Jack. I was going to do something about uh, David and uh, Sarah from Albuquerque, but I won't. I, <laughs> All right. I, I will. <laughs> I, I wanted to be David, you know, like really angry, you know, <sighs> you know but I won't do that. Um, uh, Trump's got this social platform coming out. It's still coming out. I mean, they were talking about yep, it late last year. I mean, when I downloaded it to an Apple, you can actually type it in and download it. So wait, when's it's it supposed to launch? The 21st of uh, February. What's it called? Truth Social. Yeah. You can, you can pre-download it. Okay. And, you know, and I know, you know, without getting political, because I'm kind of, I'm a libertarian also, so I'm not like, I, I like the the right better. I'm sorry. Not a lot, but I do. But I'm interested to see how free it is. I only like the right better when they're not in charge. When, yeah, whenever the right gets in charge, then I don't like them better anymore because then they are total power freaks and just, yeah. you know, using the, the state yep. to enforce their views on everyone, just like the left does. Yep. Yeah, power uh, corrupts, absolutely. And I don't know the rest of that, but you know what I'm saying. So you were able to download the new Trump uh, social media app. Can you so register? Absolute, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Was, yeah. Yes. Was that Lord yeah, Acton? Mm-hmm. Was that Lord Acton yeah. who said that? That sounds yeah, Lord Acton, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, power corrupts absolutely. Power corrupts absolutely. Correct. But I want to make fun of David and uh, Sarah. You know, David, get on here like, you know, we're talking about Sarah. She's so funny because she's listening to Bongino or whatever, who's the uh, conservative ex. Um, he sounds like he should be a burnout instead of a conservative, but anyway. 
Yeah, I wonder what she does. I mean, you wonder what Sarah does? She sits around all yeah. day. Is she in a wheelchair? Is she no, dirty? no. Her, um, she said on the air, so I don't feel like it's mean to like expose her. She said that her um, disability is being bipolar, which I know bipolar people and they work. Right. Yeah. Some of them work relentlessly. Well, I'm really angry at you right now, but I love you. <laughs> huh? He's being bipolar. Oh, bipolar. I, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Thanks, Bonnie. <laughs> so let me clarify on this truth social thing, because we, we talked about it months ago when they first uh, were teasing it. They had like a leak on the website. The Mastodon people got mad at them, apparently, because the uh, truth social is planning to use the Mastodon software. But they can't stop them, right? Nope, they can't stop them. They were talking about suing them, however, because they weren't pu- um, publicizing that it was Mastodon. And I guess they changed that and they put it somewhere on their website now. But anyway, it is Mastodon truth is that's what I've Trump. heard. I've heard that uh, the truth social is it's going to be Apple. Mast- it's an Apple. It's an Apple app. Yeah, but you can use uh, Ma- Matrix on Apple. I have it on. Um, it's Mastodon. called Amarok. That's the. Um, oh, wait. Well, Truth Social is going to have their Mastodon. own app, apparently. So they're taking the Mastodon software and they're, you know, they're tweaking it. They're editing it. They're making it kind of their own thing. Yeah, my Mastodon uh, app on iPhone is Amarok with a Q. Spelled A-M-A-R-O-Q? Sorry, I dexed it off. Anyway, there's a bunch of different this options. Could poss- this could possibly uh, really, really harm Twitter. It's like MySpace, you know. I mean, I've been on Twitter since 2009. And I, I'm, I'm what they call, uh, what is that, shadow band? Mm-hmm. I, I used to have conversations with people, and now it doesn't matter what I say. And I used to have six, 7,000 followers. Now I have 3,000, and nobody sees my reply. No one ever know? hits any buttons. They never respond. Yeah. They never retweet, yeah. You can have to look me up on their website. I'm sure they look you up. You look yourself up, and they have me as a robot or whatever. I'm not a robot, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, maybe Trump will have a more open platform. Maybe he'll decide to crack down on things he doesn't like. So we'll see uh, once the doors open. You said on the 21st. Jack, were you able to actually register an account, or is it the app is just completely unusable? You guys can all open your Apple uh, store right now. I don't have an Apple so, yeah, if you, if you had one, you can just open Like, it. what is he thinking? Why don't they have an Android app? Why would he only have an App Store thing? Like, that doesn't well, make any sense. Biden, who's been kicked off of Twitter, has been kicked off of Facebook, so his options are, I'm assuming, pretty limited. No, that doesn't make any <laughs> sense. I mean, they could they could spin up an Android app for this, no problem. Ten seconds. Uh, thank you for the call they're, they're tonight. Actually, huh? There might be an, uh, an Android app. Well, I, I don't see it. it on the website here. I'm over at truthsocial.com, and all it says is pre-order yeah. on the App Store. Yeah, so, and Apple. That's what I'm talking about. It it just says, thank you for the call tonight, Jack. It just says Apple App Store. There's no Android link to download. It's like, what are they thinking? How, you've had They've had months yep. to develop this thing. Trump's got tons of money, yeah. supposedly. Oh, unlimited. With his donors, too. Yeah, I mean, it would be nothing. They're already using Mastodon software. Which so already exists. They don't have to create something from scratch. Why is there no Android version? Is there going to be a web version of this thing? I, I certainly hope so. We'll see, I guess, here within a week. Uh, more coming up. You can join us. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. The phones are open. Even in these remaining moments, we've got enough time for you. If you want to join us, 
You can dial in at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Matt. And you don't have to wait for Donald Trump to give you a place to speak on the Internet without the big tech censors hanging over your head. We've had that for more than a year now Mm -hmm. here at Free Talk Live. We have our social media platform, which is Mastodon-based. In fact, it's just it's pure Mastodon. We haven't done any kind of tweaking to it like apparently the Trump team is doing. How long did it take uh, you to get it out? Not long. I mean, uh, I think Michael Hampton installed it in like a night. Okay, so Trump team taking this months long. and months. It's kind of weird. Really, year or not quite at least, a year. At least it should have been a year because right when he got kicked off of Twitter, he should just create his own thing and had it done overnight. I don't I really see what get you're why saying, didn't. Bonnie. Yeah, yeah I, it didn't you, take years. But. Yeah, you're saying that he got booted off of Twitter like more than a year ago. Yeah. And I don't know. So, was it two years? I don't know. No, now. it was... It was. I feel like it was right before the inauguration. Didn't they boot him out like oh, yeah. that same month? Oh, yeah. Like, he was still president. He was a sitting duck president or lame duck yeah. president or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was December or January, but I don't think you'd moved up here yet at that point when that happened uh but you know we saw the writing on the wall we saw the the takedowns happening mm-hmm. of uh freedom friendly people online and i don't consider conservatives to be freedom friendly i'm talking about the libertarians i'm talking about the libertarians who've been targeted libertarians have been banned from twitter libertarians have been frozen out on facebook uh so we needed to have our own option and the folks over at liberdon had been doing it for a few years which is a liberty friendly mastodon and i was a member over at liberdon we've been talking about mastodon for years but we decided you know what two is a better option you know it's better to have more choices in the marketplace so let's let's have a second mm-hmm. uh freedom friendly mastodon because mastodon on its own is not a freedom friendly platform it is just a it is just a a platform that is open source so anybody can copy mastodon anybody can put it on their web server and they can set whatever rules they want to so you can have a mastodon server that's run like an iron fist if you want to uh but that's not how we do it Ours is open. You can go to social.freetalklive.com. You can sign up now. You don't have to wait for some fancy app to come out because, as Pani pointed out, there are already like a dozen apps available for Mastodon. Yep. So whether you've got an Android or an, uh, an Apple or you just have a desktop or a laptop computer, you name the operating system, there's at least five or six different apps out there that all do fundamentally the same thing. They allow you to post to the Mastodon server and read other people's posts and so on and so forth. It's just they look different. Somebody decided that app A was not good enough, so they made app B and, you know, called it something else. They all do something similar, but they kind of have a different feel to them. So you can find the app that works best for you, which is cool. That's a nice thing about it being open source is anybody that can program, if they feel like the apps aren't good enough, they can try to make a better one. Which is neat. You can't do that with Facebook. You can't do that with with Twitter. You're stuck with whatever app they give you. And in a lot of cases, they suck. I don't know if y'all have any uh, familiarity with some of these these apps, but I remember the Facebook app from back when I was on Facebook. It was terrible. Yeah, it's just giant and And humongous and, and terrible now. It was that way five years ago. It's worse. Uh, and it, I bet it is. So uh, check it out, social.freetalklive.com. I don't really remember it being good or bad. I only ever use Facebook on a computer also. So, Well, you're probably better off for not, not having used it on your phone. Not never, but I was more likely to use it on a computer. Because if it's on your phone, it's just going to suck away more of your time. So oh, yeah. in other news, studyfinds.org that 7 out of 10 Americans 
are now saying they're living paycheck to paycheck. According to the story here, a survey of 2,000, over 2,000 adults found that 60, well, 7 out of 10 is a roundup, but 63% do not see themselves reaching a financial level of security that will allow them to live the lifestyle that they want. Uh, lack of financial education and resources may be to blame, particularly for women who were less likely to say they had access to these tools in comparison to men, which was 65% to 84%. Wait, they had less access to the ability to learn not to spend your money on purses. <laughs> like, I just think that's ridiculous. I, I never had like a really good class about it or anything like that. And mm-hmm. I I mean, I'm. Yeah, they don't teach you this in school. I can't say that I've been the best stewardess of my money, but I would never go and say, yeah, nobody ever taught me. That's silly. I don't know, Bonnie. You seem pretty frugal to me. Well, because I just don't like to like spend money. And, and that's just the way my dad is. But it's not like I had a class. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, usually it's what comes down to your parents. It's your parents that teach you these financial but habits. My sister had the same dad and she is <laughs> not like that at all. <laughs> Well, apparently you paid attention, so that helped. To educate themselves on en route to financial comfort, most turned to social media, 45%. Their family, 44%. Or online media such as financial news websites at 42%. While most women noted an absence of credit card debt as the most important requirement for financial comfort, the majority of men think that it's home ownership. Respondents also differ in what they consider to be essential for financial wellness. 79% of Americans earning over $150,000 find savings to be very important compared to only 54% of those with an income of $60,000 to $90,000. On average, respondents said they'd need $686 of disposable income per month to feel financially comfortable. But they don't even have that because 7 out of 10 of them are living paycheck to paycheck. So if you're living paycheck to paycheck, that by definition means you don't have uh, a few extra hundred dollars hanging around a bank account. And the uh, the United States government letting the printing presses running is just demolishing the buying power of the few dollars that they do have. Correct. So yeah, there's people actually, just can't catch up or catch a break. Right. And so there's actually a disincentive to save because if the right. money that you're saving is losing value, Spend why would it. you save it? Want to turn it into something useful. Or put it up your nose, which, you know, the more, the, the worse things get, the more people are going to turn to things like drugs It does feel like we're living in just like a clown world sometimes, so I can understand why some people just want to... Make it go away. Yep. Make, it, make it go away. Yeah. Uh, and there's just more of these uh, bad news here. Uh, 76% of millennials say, are likely to say at some point in their adult life, a personal health care related bill caused them to spend a large chunk of their savings. They also noted that keeping up with health care related bills has derailed them from making other payments. That is 70% of them said that, more so than any other age group. For most millennial respondents, that sacrifice came in the form of a down payment or mortgage on a home. So rather than you know having a house, they had to pay a medical bill. Regardless of age, the vast majority of Americans, 82%, believe financial comfort is important to their mental and emotional well-being. And well, that's just kind of a fact. How could you not believe that? Financial comfort? Is that what mm-hmm. it was? Yeah. I mean, you have to at least be comfortable to be happy. Indeed. Uh, that, that definitely helps quite a bit. Anyway, they say, they're saying 72 or 7, 7 out of 10 people living paycheck to paycheck here 
which I don't know if that's up. The thing is, this, this study doesn't give us what the perspective, used to be. right? Like, was that six out of 10 before or five and a half out of 10 or what? Uh, we don't know. But for a long time on this show, we've covered Americans not having good financial habits. Terrible. They have a lot of debt, lots of credit card debt, a lot of financial, you know, uh, axes, if you will, hanging over their head. They've got the college loans in a lot of cases. Add that to credit card debt. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of debt that the average American carries. And that is not helping them get along. No, and it's been culturalized that way, too. Like, that's normal. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, And that's terribly normal. Terrible normal. talked about a story where, I don't know, it was like 75 or 90% of Americans were going into debt for Christmas. That's right. I never thought about the fact that those afterpay, well, afterpay is a brand mm-hmm. um, thing. Buy now, pay later. Yeah, those buy now, pay later things. I never even thought about the fact that that was debt. Like I was buying a whole, using that all the time because I was like, oh, it's great. I can it's just convenient. pay it off. It's convenient. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can pay only, you know, like $15 five times instead of what, or, you know, whatever. Instead right. of paying it off all at once, it just made it easier. Um, and I never even thought about the fact that that's debt. So, yeah, I think it's kind of culturally normalized. Yeah, it is a short-term kind of debt, and it's marketed in a where in a way that it's hard to really, you know, know. It's it doesn't have the same feel as it doesn't have interest at least on Clarina and Afterpay. So unless that's of course cool. you miss a payment. Yeah. Yeah, and then you'll realize it's <laughs> it's debt yep. once you miss the payment, and that's ultimately what they're banking on to some extent. Yep. And and they also charge the company, so they actually make money every sale from the company that they're buying the products from. So they're actually getting a cut, kind of like the credit card companies get a get a piece. They're making an even larger piece mm-hmm. uh, at those buy now, pay later. It's kind of an interesting business model, and it appears to be working well for those companies. So sure. good for them. Uh, so if, you know, we didn't get to the CBDC thing, but as you pointed out, Matt, that's going to continue to be in the news. They're pushing this thing, the central bank digital currency. They're pushing it hard. Just know it's not cryptocurrency. Not even close. It is, as I believe Cyprian, a.k.a. Vin Armani, put it, this is like Bitcoin's evil brother. Really? That's a great way to right? put it. Uh, you can't call it a twin brother because it's not a twin. It's not Bitcoin. Uh, but they're, well, we, can, we don't have time for it tonight. We'll get into it later. See you tomorrow. Freetalklive.com.